0: What's going on, everybody? It's your dose of real estate with your favorite real estate guys, Evan Shortreed and Andy Miller coming at Boy. you live. <laughs> good to be back, man. Uh, good to be back in the groove of things here. I know we're still a little bit behind schedule, but uh, I was telling Evan we were trying to get an episode out yesterday or record it yesterday. But out here out west, when uh, you get a chance to go skiing because of COVID it's all based on um, reservations and a reservation opened up for yesterday and Hannah and I just jumped on it because we haven't gotten out a bunch of days so apologies Evan for being a day late here but looking forward to getting a good episode out.
1: Yeah no worries I'm just trying to stay warm here in Wisconsin it's like negative 20 degrees out here.
0: Dude it when I left my house yesterday to go to the mountains it was negative 10 so we're not quite as bad as the midwest but Weirdly enough, usually when you get into the mountains, it's colder than it is down here in the front range, but it was like 20 degrees warmer. So yesterday in the mountains was a beautiful day. It was 25 and sunny.
1: Yeah, you can count me out. Anytime it gets this cold, man, I'm a huge (laughs) baby. Like I have to have like four or five gloves on. I walk outside for five seconds and I feel (laughs) like all my fingers are about to snap off.
0: Oh, Oh, dude. So Saturday, Hannah and I went to check out a condo just to kind of see what's out there and gauge the market. And I don't know if this realtor is from the Stone Age, but she, um, she had a, instead of like your four digit code lockbox for the key, it was kind of like your turn style sort of lock. And it was, you know, negative five degrees out. I didn't have any gloves on me. My hand froze like on the knob. It, oh dude, it was horrible.
1: I and hate the cold. It, sounds like, it sounds like you guys need to bring it up to the actual 21st century. We have all super keys up here. So everything is just Bluetooth. There's no... Punch dial anything
0: yeah that 's nice i 've only had one of those but the rest of the rest are punch out i don 't know why i don 't know who I need to talk to about modernizing the process out here you 'd think dude, just with how crazy the market is out here that people would be more up to date with that stuff,
1: but no, and that 's just what Andy and I were just talking about. I was just filling them in that my wife and I have now written on our third house here in the Madison market and have gotten beat the first two. There, there was nine to ten offers this last one. There was thirteen offers, and I told Andy, I don't, I don't know what else to do. I'm writing twenty, thirty thousand over and waiving my commission on these homes, and I don't know if people out of the blue are coming in with cash or who knows what. Because I'm even coming down to saying no inspection just because I'm like, well, that might just be a contingency. I don't want them to look at, look upon. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially if you're looking at, are you looking at newer builds still or what kind of?
1: Yeah, kind of, sort of. We're trying to look for decent space. Uh, I refuse. I mean, people may love or hate this on this podcast, but I refuse to wear a mask at a gym. So I like need a a place to have a home gym. Uh, Beck obviously needs a place to work because she's working from home and mm-hmm. we'd like at least three bedrooms. So we're looking like three bedrooms plus den, weight room, It doesn't have to be a finished basement or anything, but probably 2,000 to 3,000 square feet. I mean, it kind of sounds outrageous for a 25-year-old, but... No, dude, I get it. Yeah. If the wife is working from home, I don't want her cooped up in an 800-square-foot apartment forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to be able to go to different rooms in the house, get a change of scenery and stuff. So I feel that. Yeah, when Hannah and I were in that little 600-square-foot, two-bedroom one bath, it was nice because we were getting rental income out of the basement, but during COVID, that, like, that was right at the heart of the lockdown. So nothing was open. You couldn't go out to eat or anything. Basically, grocery store and that's it. We were like, we need more space. This felt like you're on top of each other.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of leads into where we want to take this podcast uh, this week and kind of talk about the pre-approval process and how, how you should start it before you go out for your new home search. Because with the way the market is, if you're not pre-approved and you're running around with a realtor, you may fall in love with the house and You may not be able to afford it or there might be, like for me, there's 35 people showing these homes that we're writing on. Like that's just unreal to think about.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I just got a notification on one of the places I looked at this weekend, um, went under contract, a place I looked at two weeks ago, like one of the first places I looked at with my license um, just went for 70 over asking.
1: Yeah. And I don't have, 70 over asking, unless I'm writing it for two, anywhere from 250 to 300, then I probably could, but I'm not trying to do that. Cause I'm trying to have an appraisal actually like right. save me.
0: Yeah. Well, and yeah. And the key is with these, Evan, like we've been talking about is to, you got to be pre-approved before you go on and write these offers, which is a good segue into what we want to talk about today. But uh, so yeah, Evan, why don't you touch on real quick for the listeners out there that don't know what's the difference between being pre-approved and pre-qualified?
1: Absolutely. So yeah, a pre-approval uh, differs from a pre-qualification um, in a way that when the lender has actual, actually checked your credit and verified your documentation to approve a specific loan amount um, over, uh, let's just say a particular time period. So it could be thirty, sixty, or ninety days, depending on the loan. And um, with that, he pulls not only your credit score, but he'll pull, let's say like bank statements, um, obviously your income, employment, any asset documentation you supply at the time of the application. Um, So there's a lot that goes into it. It's just not reaching out to a bank and saying like, Hey, I want to get pre-approved. What can I, what can I give to you to get you to give me money in the long run?
0: Right. Yeah. I, I've never actually done pre-qualification. I've always just gone straight to the pre-approval stage because um, the way I understand it. So the key with pre-approval is the, them checking your credit score, right? And you know, some people kind of understand what credit scores are. Some don't basically. You know, you've got the three major credit bureaus out there that um, it's an aggregate of those three is your credit score that the lender looks at. Typically the three won't be identical scores. So it'll be the one in the middle is so the one that they'll take. So maybe, you know experiences um you know 3 or sorry like 750 and transunion i don't even remember what the third is but one of them is like 745 they'll kind of split the difference there and that's the credit score that they'll base your credit worthiness off of so a big i mean this is a lot of money we're talking right hundreds of thousands of dollars that these banks are lending you they got to make sure that you can pay it back monthly um that's why they're going to check your income statements from your from your employer, look at your bank account, see how much money you actually have in there, make sure you can make the down payment and um, keep paying them at the end of the day because they're not in the business of losing money.
1: Absolutely, yeah. They're not just going to give you whatever you ask for. This isn't 2006 to 2008.
0: Yeah, which important point to hit there i like that you brought up 2006 to 2008 because what i'm really sick of hearing is people saying oh the market's going to crash you know you're going to see a bunch of foreclosures which we might it's to me it's hard to tell because banks are allowing people to go into forbearance we're basically just delaying their payments but what people don't understand this is back in 2006 and before that dude anybody and their mom could go get a loan for like 120 percent of the value of the home. And they wouldn't even verify your income. So there was people out there with, you know, very unstable jobs. or were seeing what the real estate market was doing. They're thinking, shoot, even if I can barely make the payments, I can flip this place in six months and make money. You know, come two thousand six, all these people that took out these enormous loans that they couldn't pay, and then the market crashed, right? So people weren't buying houses anymore, and all these people were carrying these loans that they couldn't pay. And that's why we saw this massive uptick in foreclosures um, just because the s- supply that hit the market, you know, it got super saturated and a lot of people lost out on a lot of wealth.
1: Yeah. And kind of what Andy's trying to hit on is getting pre-approved right now is what I try to push that on anybody that's looking for a house right away, because one, you don't want to waste anyone's time. You don't want to waste your time looking at homes and you two, you don't want to waste the realtors time, uh, trying to set all these showings up because at the end of the day a you want to be in a house and b the realtor on the other end wants to still get paid for their due diligence of showing you the house so yep. getting pre-approved before you begin house hunting this allows you to know how much house you can re- realistically afford and know- and knowing this really narrows down the options and makes your selection process a lot easier
0: yeah and if you're not quite ready to buy yet I would say, don't ask an agent to take you to a property. Unless it's someone like me, I don't have many clients. I really enjoy it. But Evan, you were just telling me how busy you are. So like, if if you don't have a pre-approval, it doesn't make any sense to go look at the houses. You can hop on Zillow or, you know, realtor.com or your agent can set you up with an MLS um, search to kind of narrow down your criteria. Look at the pictures and get an idea. Um, It may be asked to go look at one or two. So like, if you don't know what 1600 square feet feels like, you know, go check it out and see. But if you're not serious about buying in this market right now, it's you're really doing your agent a disservice yourself a disservice because you're going to get your hopes up. And if you're not pre-approved, you're not able to act fast and you're going to miss out on the home. Like homes are going off the market in a week or two right now. It's, it's insane. So if you're not pre-approved, you're just, you're not helping yourself. You're not helping your agent. And you're, you're just kind of setting yourself up for disappointment at the end of the day.
1: Right. And like Andy was saying, He's fairly new. I'm a couple years in by now, but I've learned from people that have been in for a long time and any realtor that has been in, I would say probably over two, three years, they're not going to show you a house if you don't have a pre-approval. Some might, some might be nice enough to do that, but especially with the market being as fast and competitive as it is now, um, yeah, if you're not pre-approved, um, people aren't going to be wasting time. And that's not to be mean or anything. That's just the cold, hard truth because- yep everyone wants to help everyone, but you need to do your due diligence on your side um, to come to the table with your pre-approval because it's going to leverage your negotiating power.
0: For sure. And again, Zillow, hop on Zillow, Google the address. If it's on the market, like you can click on it. Pictures are fun. I still, like when I'm bored during my job, don't tell my boss, I'm on Zillow. I'm seeing if there's any good deals out there. I'm not pre-approved. So I'm not kidding myself. I'm not going to buy anything, but it's just good for me as an agent, as an investor to kind of see what is the market doing? What areas are super hot right now? What are properties going for? Which is just an absurd amount of money, but you know, kudos to those sellers, I guess. So yeah, just be conscious of your, your agent's time and your own time um, and your emotions It sounds cheesy to hear it over a podcast, but let me tell you, it's an emotional process. Um, And if you miss out on an opportunity because you weren't ready, it's one thing if you're in Evan's shoes where it's like, okay, somebody just offered more money, uh, more power to them. Right. But if, if you're like, Oh shoot, I'm really kicking myself because you know, two weeks ago I was messing around playing call of duty or something. When I like, it takes five minutes to get your information to a lender and figure out what what's a realistic loan that I can take out. Um, and, let's, and then you kind of narrow down your search criteria. Okay, how many square feet is that condo versus single family home versus rental property? What are my options? So just keep all that in mind when you're going through this
1: process. Yeah, I mean, and to kind of recap everything we've been talking about because Andy and I tend to kind of get off track a little bit. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> we do digress. Uh one right away. Either reach out to a realtor, Andy or myself. We can point you in the right direction. Uh get in touch with a mortgage lender. Um what I always do is luckily my dad is a mortgage lender, so I push everyone to my dad right away and I'm like nice. just just talk to him if that's trying to get your credit in line or um get the ball rolling. That's what you need to do. Is,
0: uh, is he with a bank? Is or is he a broker?
1: Uh he's with Old National Bank.
0: Okay. So I think it's important to touch on too. There's a lot of different ways to get a loan, right, Evan? So like your dad's with a bank. So that bank will service the loan or sell it off. There's also mortgage brokers out there. So basically you're, it's like an insurance broker, right? You go to them say, Hey, I need this type of loan. They'll shop around other banks for you and figure out the best rate in terms that you can get given, a, you know, your credit score and stuff like that. Um, I, so I've done both. I've, gone through a broker and I've gone through a credit union, local banks are probably gonna be more competitive in terms of interest rate and origination fees. So shop around, there's always more than one option. Um, Whether you're doing a conventional VA, FHA, um, there's a bunch of different loan types out there and we'll probably do another episode going into those in more depth. But just just know that if you go to Chase Bank and they give you a pre-approval right away, you know, shop around, see, see, you get an estimate of the fees, see how much money out of pocket you're going to have to bring to the table when you close. Cause that's important, right? You want to make sure you have reserves in case something needs to be fixed or whatever. So see what the best deal is out there. And just know, um, there's a lot of different ways to hide fees, whether it's with a higher interest rate or, you know, it, you just got to go over it all, talk with your agent. They'll, they'll help walk you through it a little bit and show you, Hey, this is what this lender's giving you versus this one which ones can close faster. I'm sure is a huge deal right now for you, Evan, just because people want to get their money as fast as possible. So a lot of things to consider.
1: Absolutely. So yep. Either go to a bank or a credit union or a mortgage company. And then two, uh, once you get the ball rolling with your lender, they'll get all the appropriate documentation. Um, One thing I like to joke about is uh, one, try not to use a credit card while you're in your pre-approval process because they will be pulling credit. Um, they don't want to see any more debt to income ratio come closing time. And I mean, once you once you get all that squared away, I mean, you know how much you can afford. Um, I never like to make anyone house poor. So yeah, that number may seem pretty at the high end, but go what, you, what, what you're comfortable with. Um, you can always backtrack from the highest amount. So let's say you're pre-approved at 400 but you're only comfortable spending $1,200 a month. Okay, so that means that you need to be looking in roughly the 270 to 280 price range. Uh, Doesn't mean you need to spend that $400,000. I mean, three, I mean, it just adds confidence to your offer. So I know anytime you write an offer, and I'm sure this is pretty transparent in any state, is you have to turn in a pre approval with that offer showing that your clients are pre approved already and they're not just wasting time. Um, And then at the end of the day, it's going to leverage your negotiating power. So, I mean, for me, I could have started at a lower price on the offer and they could have gave me back a multiple counter offer and then I could go up because I know I can. So it's all a numbers game at the end of the day. You said find the right people that's uh, in your corner and willing to help.
0: Yeah. Uh, Two other little things that I want to hit on there. Um, First one, so your credit score When a lender pulls your credit score that does negatively affect your credit score so say you're at like a 760 right and then which most people like if you're through a major bank you can get a rough idea of what your credit score is through an app um, that they provide like for me for chase i can look it up and get an idea and it's usually pretty accurate but when a lender pulls your credit score that'll ding your score by about four points what's important to note is that that starts a 30-day window where you can shop around go to other lenders and have them pull your credit it'll show up on your credit report that all these lenders are looking at your credit score, but it won't hurt your score as long as you do it within that same 30-day window. Um, the other thing that Evan touched on was your debt to income and like managing your purchases. When a lender pulls your credit, they wanna see that you have access to money, but you also only use a reasonable amount. So typically that number is 30%. So say you have a credit card, that's $1,000 a month limit, the max they really want to see you spending on that credit card is 300 bucks a month. That shows that you're smart with your money. It shows that you're not maxing out your, you know, you're not putting extra stress by adding expenses into your life. And that shows that you're, you're managing your money well, because they'll see that and say, okay, if they're not spending a thousand bucks a month here, I have a better reason to believe that they're going to be able to pay their loan um, when we approve them or pre-approve them at least, and then approve them eventually and close on a new home.
1: Right. And I mean, we've kind of thrown a lot at you right here, but I mean, at the same time, Andy and I are always available to talk. Um, This stuff is, I mean, to us kind of second nature by now, but I mean, we're more than willing to get on the phone, getting on a podcast with anyone and just kind of help you with this process. You just just have to find the right people.
0: Find the right people. Surround yourself with people who care too, right? There's, there's definitely sleazy agents out there that are just trying to move you through their process as quick as possible. Find somebody who cares, talk to some of their other clients too. Um, same for lenders. You can see, you know, kind of get referrals and stuff like that to make sure that other people are satisfied. Um, and also, like Evan said, we're here to answer questions. And if there's something you want us to go more in depth on, reach out because clearly we love talking about this stuff. You, you know, you guys listen to him. think we're crazy, but it's just fun to know this stuff and it's, it's all part of the game.
1: Right. I mean, Andy, if you want to kind of just wrap it up, let them know where to find us. And I mean, what do you want to talk about next week? So that way they know what we're all about for next week.
0: Uh, Well, so getting pre-approved for a loan is important, but there's a couple different types of loans out there that I think we can touch on next week um, between, you know, conventional FHA, VA, we can talk a little bit about private lending. Um, I think that'd be good for people to know um, that there's not just one, you know, standard option of loans a lot of different options so yeah everybody thanks for tuning in Evan thanks for joining Um, yeah just get pre-approved start talking to lenders see what they can do for you figure out where you're at financially and worst case scenario um, you know they can just give you a few suggestions maybe your credit score is lower than you thought they'll give you suggestions on how to build that credit score so get in touch with a lender at least learn about the pre-approval process, right? Every every day, if you really want to make this happen, if you want to buy a house or buy an investment property, take the next step. It's super easy to go on a bank's website, you know, just reach out. There's a bunch of loan officers on there. That's who you'll be talking to. Just send them an email if you don't like talking on the phone right away. I know some people don't like that. Get in touch and get the process going and just know that a pre-approval is the key to, you know, putting an offer in on the house because right now, if you don't have that information, it's just not going to happen. So... That's my end rant. Drop mic. Evan, if you got any last words. Otherwise, uh, we'll sign off and talk to you guys next week.
1: Yeah, it sounds good, man. You hit it out of the park.
0: All right. Sounds good, buddy.